You're listening to Swipe East, Swipe West, where we dive into the dating differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley Davis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Swipe East, Swipe West, the dating and culture podcast focusing on differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley, and you can find us on Instagram at Swipe East, Swipe West, and me on TikTok at Ashley Angora. That's Ashley, A-N-N-G-O-R-A. Welcome back, everyone, this week. Um, For those that are new year here, (laughs) I feel like I'm back in the beginning of the year, even though it's already March, which is insane. Um, but for those who are new here, welcome. And for those that have been a while, thanks for sticking around. Um, for those who don't know, I start off each episode with just a quick little life update. And I fell a little bit behind last week, so it's only been one week in between episodes. So I don't have a ton to share. Things have been absolutely insane for me recently, just with work, um, doing this podcast and some DJing stuff that I've been doing. So I actually was back in Philly last week for a 36-hour work trip. That was probably the most insane part of my week. I had one of the worst flights of my life. It was four hours of straight turbulence. A woman was screaming. Um, A kid threw up and our plane was struck by lightning twice, which I don't even know how that's possible, but apparently I'm bringing some bad juju with me that I like need to cleanse or or something. Um, And I feel like the only updates I have um, with guys right now are coming out of that trip. And I guess like the weekend before, but in Philly, like, so for those, anyone new, um, I lived in Philly for six years and then moved to California a few years ago. And Philly is, it's a big city, but it's also small at the same time. Just the city proper is very centralized. So within just a few hours of me getting there, I went to go meet my friend for drinks. And within my five minute walk (laughs) from my hotel to the bar, I saw two people I knew. And then we walked in and the bartender, I like looked at him and I said to my friend, I'm like, I feel like it, like he looks kind of familiar. Like he looks like a guy I dated once or something. And then he walks by and looks at me and was like, oh my God, hi. And I was like, huh? I was like, no way. Like that can't be, I thought he was, I thought he was like this guy that I went on a date with that I don't even remember how I met him, but he like was a waiter at a different restaurant that I used to live near and it just was not a good date. But anyways, turns out this guy remembered me from the last time I was in Philly, which was a year ago, almost like last May, he served me and two of my coworkers. Um, It's the only time I've ever interacted with him. He remembered my name, which was crazy. I like obviously did not remember his. And then he was like, oh, like with our history, I would love to make you a drink um, for to me and my friend. And I was like, kind of weird, but okay, because also he had a girlfriend and still does. So I'm thinking like, oh, this guy's going to like make us a drink and then comp it um, because someone else was bartending for us before. No, I was swindled. I was swindled the first time with him flirting with me and having a girlfriend and swindled again into me thinking I was getting a free beverage. But you live and you learn, I guess. Um, and then the next night I had another team dinner and there was a group of very attractive soccer players next to us. And one of them got my phone number, but never heard from him again. Um, aside from that, I feel like the universe has just been telling me not to date right now. Things have just not been going great with guys in LA. Just like things haven't been working out like timing wise, scheduling wise. I think I talked about this before where It's weird because guys here are, and people honestly in general, are super last minute, 
but you have to plan stuff in advance, like even just with driving and like, I have a lot going on. So there was like one guy I've been trying to hang out with for like three months now. I met him at Thanksgiving and we literally haven't been able to hang out because either I'm not around or he's not around or he'll text me at like 8.30 at night. And by the time I get myself ready and get over there, it'd be like 10.30 and I work at 7 a.m. And then just by the time he texts me, like I've planned my whole day around all my activities and then I just can't get it together in time. So that's how things are going here. <laughs> I think those are all of my updates though. Um, so with that, we can dive right back into this week's episode. I'm super excited this week. I have my friend Michelle on. Um, ironically, a friend from Philly since I just came back from, from there from a trip. And Michelle and I, um, so we actually used to work together at one of my, or at my first full-time job, I guess I'll say. I was going to say one of my first jobs, but it was my first full-time job. And um, we were like on the same, on the same client, but different teams. And she and I kind of like, you know, we were friends, but we lost touch for a while. But one of my friends um, who I also worked with, Sam, who's been on the podcast that lives um, in Long Beach now as well, is, is really good friends with her and still keeps in touch. So Michelle and I kind of rekindled through that. Um, so I'm super excited to have her on. Um, we talk about a, a lot of different topics. This is definitely an episode with a lot of story sharing. Um, so we talk about the music scene in Philly as far as some stories Michelle has with dating and she's more in like the burner underground scene. So it's kind of cool to highlight that. We talk about dating and age gaps for a little bit, just being in our thirties and kind of being able to go up or down. And then, um, lastly, we talk about religion in dating, um, for a bit as well. So a few different topics that we covered today. Um, again, if you're new here, there's a lot of Philly episodes, so definitely feel free to scroll back if you are interested in learning more about Philly. Um, also excited because Michelle is a singer, um, Sounds of Serena. Um, I'm actually hoping to be performing alongside her um, back in April, back in Philly for another work trip. Um, without further ado, um, let's dive into this episode. Michelle, how are you doing this fine Tuesday evening? I am doing well. Thank you for asking me and thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited. I know. I'm so excited too. We have not. So Michelle and I worked together like several years ago, um, but I know we have a mutual friend also, Sam, but I feel like you and I haven't really like caught up in a long time. So I, I'm excited to hear about what you've been up to like these days with, with dating and everything. I'm excited to share. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so to kick it off. So I know I've had a, quite a few episodes on Philly. So my whole first season of the podcast was about Philly and LA and I've had a couple guests on Philly since then, but I always like to get everyone's unique perspective on the city. So I guess like, what does Philly mean, mean to you? Like, how would you describe the city? How long have you lived in Philly? Um, like, what's your experience been like living there and meeting people in general? I grew up in uh, South Jersey um, in this basically a suburb of Philly that some people, a lot of people know the town Cherry Hill. It's like, right, it's really close to Philly. Um, and I grew up in like another town over from there. Um, and so like in high school, I would take the Patco High Speed Line, which is kind of like a subway that crosses the bridge. So it actually goes above ground. Um, but I would take that from South Jersey to Philly and back. And so I feel like I've been coming to Philly 
going out in Philly since I was a teenager. And then I went to college in Philly. So I was like living in a dorm or like some sort of a campus housing from like, you know, 18 to 22 or, you know, whatever the age is for college. And then I moved back home with my parents, but was still kind of dating in Philly and then came back to Philly officially. So I feel like I've been in and out of Philly since like 2007. Okay. What what has you drawn to the city and, and still kind of staying in that location? I don't know. So I've, I've spent a lot of time in other big cities. Like I've worked in New York City. Like I've spent a lot of time in Manhattan. Like I've gone around. I've, I've, I've been to Miami. Like I've, like I've gone everywhere. And something just keeps bringing me back to Philly. Like I feel like Philly is just, it's like, it's cool. Like it's easy. Like it's, it's spacious enough that you can like, drive and find parking and not get a ticket like you would in New York. Um, But it's also small enough that you can walk and take the subway and take an Uber. um, And it feels like a city. I don't know. It has like, I feel like the the restaurants are great. Like there's never like, you know, there's never an issue when it comes to like finding good food. Um, I think the music scene here is awesome, like better than a lot of the big cities that I've been to. It just has like a lot. I, Every time I I think to myself, like, yeah, I know Philly, like the back of my hand, like I learned something new about it. That is really cool to hear because I don't know, I always kind of say to people, it's an underrated city. Like I myself never thought I would end up in Philly growing up in Connecticut. I always thought it'd be like New York and Boston. And then I fell in love with Mm -hmm. the city just from visiting it for most of the reasons you described. Like it's a lot more manageable. You can walk places. I also agree. I think the food scene is really good. Like out in Long Beach, I feel like I haven't found like there's definitely some good restaurants, but I feel like in Philly, there were so many good restaurants. Like it was hard for me to choose. But here I have like my three on rotation (laughs) type of thing. Um, So I think that makes sense. Um, And I was asking, too, because I feel like you see a lot of people even like they'll leave for a few years and then like go back to Philly. So it's just interesting that you were like kind of in and out you know, even having traveled to other places also. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. And maybe something about the fact that I like went to college here. A lot of people end up in nearby to where they went to college. So I feel like I've like made my friends and they're here. And now if I leave, like I might never have any friends again. So I can't go anywhere. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you you can make it work. It's hard though. I mean, I, I me and Sam, uh, we both moved from Philly to LA and, and right. we made it work, but it's, it's not easy uh, for sure. So what are your thoughts on the people in Philly and making friends, dating? Can you talk a little bit about how that has been for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like one of the things I really like about Philly and just like the East Coast in general, um, compared to some of the people that I've met, like in other places, I feel like people here are really like, they're real. Mm -hmm. They're real. They're down to earth. They'll tell it like it is, you know, if they don't like you, it's like you find, you find out within, you know, 24 hours, like this person doesn't like you, you know? Um, so in the, in that sense, I guess it's kind of like, I like that because I'm a very real person and I'm a very honest person. I don't, I don't know if I would do well, like in the West coast with like the niceties Mm -hmm. and the the fake Um, and so that's been cool. Like in dating, you know, it's usually like, you end up, you date somebody for like a couple times and then you kind of already know if you're going to see them again or if it's like not happening because of that just like openness and bluntness that I think you get in Philly. In terms of like 
meeting people and dating. I mean, I've been on all the apps and all the dating sites literally since I was 18. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I feel like that kind of goes the same no matter where you are. Yeah. You know, I try, I try to get like my one quarterly online date <laughs> just like out of the way. I did that actually last night. Oh, you you did. I, oh. My one quarterly. Oh my date. god! How how did it go? <laughs> so, me and this guy, we were chatting on Bumble. I actually kept telling my friends that he was from Hinge because I like, they all blend in together. <laughs> but it turns out he's from Bumble. Apparently, he's been banned from Hinge and Tinder, as I found out last night. Why? For being inappropriate oh. ten years ago. But anyway, this guy, I. T- it was Halloween night and I, and we were supposed to get together and I was like, Hey, like, I'm just going to go to this like bar where there's like a DJ playing. If you want to like link up there, we can like meet, we can have a drink. We, we like each other. We can hang out or if not, you can leave. I can, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and he made this like, he was like, yeah, totally. And then he ended up not coming through. He was like, I have to watch the Phillies game with my friends. And then the Phillies game didn't got rescheduled. It was like weird. Whatever. I had four drinks that night. I got lit. <laughs> had four. Drinks. Um, I I went home with someone else that night. So it's it's fine. It's fine. He would have cockblocked me anyway. Um, so after some you know back and forth, I thought to myself, this guy's a joker. Like I'm never gonna see him. And then like over this past weekend, he's like hitting me up on Saturday to hang out, and I'm like, well, Saturday is like my day to like skis on guys in person. So. I need to figure out a way to like not hang out with him. And uh, well, I, I just casually mentioned that I'm going to this park party and then stopped responding to his text messages. And as it turned out, like my crush from a different community that I know was supposedly also coming to this park party. And I also told him maybe I'll be there. Um, and then I ended up meeting both of them. Oh no. Uh, in various parts of the woods at the park party. But yeah, th- that was like the first time I met this Bumble guy. And uh, we just like went for like a little walk. And I was like, hey, man, listen, I was going to be like leaving. So like, maybe we can hang out like later this week, like for real. And like, he seemed like a nice guy. I didn't really get like, I, he seemed like a little simple, like maybe not the most intelligent human person. <laughs> um, but I basically was like, I, you know, I was trying to leave. He showed up very late. Um, and I was like, Hey, I'm trying to leave. And he said, well, I'll, I'll roll this blunt if you want to stay. And I was like, I'll, I'll smoke your blunt and then I'll leave. (laughs) So I did that. And then as we were like, as we were finishing the blunt, my crush was calling me and I was like, okay, I'm going to leave now. Goodbye. And I had my crush roll up like, yeah, no, I've just been standing here by myself, not smoking somebody else's blunt. Please walk me to my car. (laughs) And so he did that. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the 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 Bumble guy uh, hit me up. We ended up going to Locopez for a happy hour yesterday. Ah, I love that place. Uh, for those of you listeners who don't know, Locopez is unique in that you can order different kinds of tacos. You don't need three chicken tacos. You can get one chicken, you know, one beef and one vegetarian. And it's just vibey too. It's just like a vibey spot. Yeah. So we got there. It was really nice. And as we're sitting down, I'm coming to find out he he's divorced. He has two kids. His kids live in the Poconos. He doesn't have a car. He doesn't drive a car, but he does have a license. And like he says he has a good job and a master's degree, but is also complaining that the bill is $70, um, which I don't think is that high of a bill. And also he ordered three alcoholic beverages. So 
and was getting like visibly intoxicated um, throughout the date. And uh, <laughs> I basically let him walk me home and like smoked him up because I felt bad that, you know, he was going to go broke after our $70 date. <laughs> Can't even afford a car. And uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, he, he, he didn't want to leave. He was like trying to hang out with me. And I was like, Hey, like, I'm going to call it a night, you know, it was good, good hanging, gave him a big hug. And I'm, I'm, you know, telling the, sh the story in short, but then I basically got like a drunk text from him at three in the morning talking about what a like terrible human being I was and what? that I was very, that I was very demeaning to him. Wow. I think cause I like made fun of him, like poked fun at him for not having a car. Um, and apparently that was i don't know Heard his ego or something yeah something and he was like well you know my brother bought his first car at 37 and he has a three million dollar house or two million dollars i'm like okay <laughs> Dude. I don't know. Oh he God. was a little off his rocker um but yeah you know i i contributed 20 dollars to the bill because you <gasps> know he was complaining so hard that he had to spend 70 dollars on a monday night and he let you contribute oh yeah I, well because he he made a comment that he doesn't take girls out on dates from these apps because he always ends up spending all this money on some girl who ends up like ghosting him oh my and God. i was like well i you know i'm not i'm not gonna be that girl i was like i'm down to i was like i'll split the bill with you even though i my half of the bill is not even remotely as much as his half of the bill no like, I'll split the bill with you. no i would not have done that i would have been so turned yeah, off i was oh, like no. this guy he, he talked about he has a master's degree and a great job and then he starts talking about how he gets clocked on his computer and needs to move his mouse around so that they'll know that he like is is active or like some weird thing and did he yeah like he spent like 45 dollars probably alone just on his drinks because those tacos there are like three dollars like <laughs> you know he he ordered a burrito by the oh, way which was that's more expensive than the tacos yeah that's at least another 10 to 15 <laughs> like the prices are clearly listed on the menu right oh my god um he he also kept saying more better oh well that's even more better than you know whatever more better and i'm like oh you have a ma you say you have a master's degree huh my thing is like if you're gonna i feel like there's so much to unpack on that entire story but like my thing is like if you're gonna take a girl out on a date like well first i think whoever's asking should pay um and also like nine times out of ten like we're investing on the date too in different ways like for our hair our makeup like our clothes, getting ourselves to the date. So like, don't complain. And if you're going to complain, then like, don't offer the date or pick somewhere cheaper right. or don't be the one spending 90% of on the bill. Right. I was, I was clearly done eating my tacos. And like, I made the comment that I only wanted one drink and, you know, I was like kind of just sitting there watching him drink the second drink. And then for sure thought we were going to get the bill. And he was like, I'll have another. Yeah, that's his own fault. He's just projecting. Oh my like god. Like he I think he was trying to show me that he's like has a good job and he's got money and he's bougie and this and that. And I'm like, but you know, if you're complaining about a seventy dollar bill, how bougie can you really be? A seventy dollar bill that also was mostly his food and drink, not even yours. <laughs> that's that's really what's getting me here. It's not even like it was actually even I'm not gonna get into it, but he basically sent me like an essay this at three in the morning today, like about how 
essentially that I was demeaning and like put him down and this and that. No. But like also that like I gave these really amazing hugs and he would like definitely totally still be my friend if I wanted. No, he has his own insecurities. He needs to work <laughs> out. I would. Uh... And then he uh, unmatched me on Bumble, which I was just like, oh, I was like, I don't think I don't think we're going to be friends. Yeah. But thank you. I, I think the unmatch and the unfollow is like the pettiest unless you're actually going through like a breakup with someone like I think it's like the pettiest thing someone can do I'm like right really like I hurt you that like what did I do to you (laughs) yeah oh my god I guess it's like one of those he he was like very like muscular like I was drawn to like the size of his biceps like in the photo so I feel like sometimes when you look at that like when I see a guy is very muscular and like cares so much about his physical appearance which is not a bad thing it's like kind of a good thing but sometimes I feel like it that's where they kind of lack like up here. Like they're not always the brightest or the smartest. They're like trying to make up for something else through their appearance. Maybe. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that too, where it's like someone's just like, you know, clearly spend a lot of time lifting and maybe not a lot of time reading. Uh, See, I like really skinny guys that are like toned. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think I tend to go for those types of, I've definitely had guys that um, they're more street smart, I'll say. Okay, but sure. I, but I kind of like that. I think like they're, they end up being funny. So <laughs> my one friend, uh, Dan, the one who drinks a lot, who's encouraged me to start drinking in my 30s, he claims he has his own measure of someone's intelligence. He says it's like their IQ, their EQ, and their street smarts. Like those are the three things he looks at. What's the e- EQ? So IQ is just about like your intelligence, like, you know, how smart you are reading subjects, whatever. And then your EQ is more of like your social intelligence. Like, can you read a room? Can you tell somebody is like upset with you or, you know, how someone's feeling? I feel like, I feel like that's more so where the guys that uh, I tend to go for are lacking in the the EQ. (laughs) Oh, they lack the EQ department, but they're up there in the parts. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I I have a feeling you and I might have the same like taste when it comes to like tall, skinny f boys. Yeah, that's exactly. That, that sounds exactly correct. I like I I I didn't know this about myself, but I recently went through this kind of sort of breakup with this guy that I started dating over the summer. Who we were like keeping it casual, but also like we were hooking up without protection. And I was like, listen, that's a real serious thing for me. Like, we're going to do that. I just want to know that we're exclusive. Like, we don't need to have any labels. Like, we don't need to, you know, be on top of each other all the time. And he was like, yeah, like, I'm in like 100. Let's do this. Turns out he had been dating another girl that he met through me through a party that I took him to. No. No. And he started dating her the same exact time that he started dating me. But like was lying to us both the whole time and had this idea because he's a music producer. Oh my God. Never dated music. He was like, I'm going to move to New York and like make it. And so he actually moved in with this girl <gasps> in New York, but like still kept his apartment in Philly and was like no. going up to New York, like to work no. No. Like for weeks, for weeks until I found out about it. Um, and actually I met him through like a mutual friend. We were both performing at a music festival and we all went to the same music program at Drexel. So like we had like all these mutual friends and like, you know, kind of roll in some of the same music circles in Philly. Yeah, it was, I was like pretty devastated. Like I like couldn't eat or sleep or 
hold my food down for like two weeks. Oh my God. But after like it all came up, like, you know, it, it was all found out. By the way, he and her are officially moving in together. She DM'd me to let me know now that I'm out of the picture. So she found out that he was two timing mm-hmm. both of you and she still decides mm-hmm. to pursue him officially. Oh yeah. Oh, well, apparently she cheated on him once. And he, according to her, he, he really wasn't seeing me that much. I was just some random girl trying to use him for a free song. <laughs> I, have- I can laugh about it now, but I was crying about it when it happened. No, I would have been his- hysterical. I would have been hysterical. After it all came out, um, I had a couple of my realer, like more real friends be like, Michelle, like, are you surprised? Like, he's a tall, skinny F boy. <laughs> like, how did you not like, is like, why are you crying? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, like, no, you're right. Like, there was some warning. Like, there was some red red flags that I very blatantly ignored. What were the flags? I Now I'm curious if, if I've also missed the same flags with my tall, skinny voice. So when we first got to, first of all, God, I don't even know how to, like, we, when we were hooking up, but, like, when we were having sex, some of the, the things that he would say in the bedroom, I felt like it was like he could have just taken that phrase or that sound and carried it over to like any other girl. Okay. Like the way that he would say that or, you know, act in there. Or um one of the first dates that I kind of went on him, he he had a show nearby and I was like, oh, I'll come support you. Like if you want. Me and my friend can come out to your show. He was like, oh yeah, I would love that. And we went out to his show and some girl like walked in, saw my friend talking to him like at the show and like shoved her <gasps> and started like getting up in his face and like following him around and trying to talk to him. And he had to go outside with her. And I later found out it was like one of his ex-girlfriends that found out that he was performing there that night and wanted to like get back together with him. Okay. And saw that he was talking to another girl. So that was weird. The next show that he had in a different neighborhood, I showed up, same thing. I was like, hey, I'll show up if you want me to, like only if you want me there. And he was like, yeah, that would be great. I would love to have some support. And a different ex-girlfriend showed up. And I had seen some text messages from her on his phone, like a couple nights before, getting all upset with him. You... She was saying all this stuff like, um, what did she say to him? Like, you, like, basically, like, you, like, you know, dirtied me up, like, in other words. Like, what did she say? You know, she said something along the lines of, like, you you used me, you took advantage of me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're a bad person, this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure what was going on there. And I was like, well, what? what's going on? He's like, I don't know. Like she, she, he was like, she broke up with me. So I'm not really sure what the problem is here. He's like, but she might show up to my show later and I don't know what to do about it. It was also like her nickname was very similar to my nickname. So that also was kind of weird. That's kind of creepy. (laughs) Right. And then when I got to his show, me and him were talking outside and she actually walked up to me and started talking to me and having a conversation with me. And I knew exactly who she was. And she, I, I guess she was very upset. And then eventually I was like, you know, to me personally, I had nothing to do with her. I was like, oh, the music kind of sucks here. I'm going to go somewhere with better music. <laughs> <laughs> I left. 
Oh my God. Um, and then like later that night, I guess she chased him down the street and tried to sleep in his bed. It was just like all this like weird, like drama. Very was, dramatic. Yeah. yeah. And dramatic. then like a couple times when I like tried to like have the conversation about exclusivity, like sometimes, like I felt like he would pretend not to hear me and then he would hear me. And I'd be like, well, did you hear me? Oh yeah, no, I heard you. I responded. But did you respond? I'm very confused. Like gaslighting almost. Yeah. And like when he moved to new, when he, he told me, he was like, oh, I found a room. Like I'm renting a room in Brooklyn. I was like, oh, who, like, how'd you find out about it? Oh, just like a friend of a friend. They have like a spare bedroom that like, they're going to rent me for the month. Like, okay, well that's cool. You know? And then I'd be like, well, how was it in New York? Oh, it was good. I worked. And like giving no detail, like. Right. And I'm like, I don't understand. Or then he would call me. He'd be like, oh, I'm like heading out to dinner right now. So I thought I'll call you on the walk. And I would be like, well, why don't you just call me when you're in your like room doing nothing? Like, I don't understand. Because he was in his room <laughs> doing someone else. <laughs> he was doing something. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't his room. It was her room. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Like, those situations are traumatizing because it's it's just like it's someone completely manipulating you and like to your point I, th- I feel like a lot of times you kind of see the signs but when you care about someone you just put blinders on because yeah. I've definitely oh, yeah. been through that too like not to the same extent but just like little things where it's been like oh I'm a bad texter my phone Ugh. my uh my phone has damage and I haven't been talking to anybody of course I want to see you oh his phone has damage 100% yeah um but it just got I like basically had found out like through just like putting pieces together like there would be days when like he'd basically sleep with both of us within like hours of each other that's so gross that is so gross. yeah and I was like so skeeved out like I of course went out and got like all the tests yeah just to make sure you know like of course and like we're all everyone's fine um but yeah it was like disgusting and after I confronted him about it he was like oh like no 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 like I was gonna tell you in person like she's that was nothing like we only hooked up twice like we used production <laughs> oh my God. like I still want to go to Mexico with you no, no. and I'm like what are you talking about no. like we're not going anywhere together like we were we were supposed to go to my best friend's wedding together like later that week no. and I was like well I guess I'm no someone else to go to the wedding with me now and he's like, oh, I'll still go to the wedding with you I mean don't you still want to have a date like no I don't want you to be my date yeah he's like well how about if we hang out later like what are you talking about? I'm hanging out later. Yeah. And those situations are very hard to get over when someone, and, and it's almost like when you see, when you've seen those ex-girlfriends act that way and multiple of them, like, you know, it's because like, it was not them. It was him. Right. There was something going on. Yeah. Really? Like the one night. So he was doing this, um, sort of like musicians jam like every Wednesday at the warehouse on Watts, uh, yes. um, which is like a you know, pretty big venue. And our friend was like co-hosting it with him. And I was going there with him every Wednesday, like trying to get them set up, like helping them out, like bringing my music, bringing my instruments with me, jamming. Like it was a great time. And the one night I was like feeling a little under the weather and he was like, Oh, like you're not coming to the jam tonight. Are you? like no well I don't know I might he's like oh like I don't know my ex is threatening to come and saying she's gonna beat you up I'm like well I'm not afraid of your ex if like that's like but I am like feeling under the weather so like I might not show up because of that and he's like all right yeah let me know and then he kind of like bounced 
And I come to find out the girl from Brooklyn drove down that night to the jam to like check out what's going on. And like some of my people who were there were like, yeah, like he had some like skanky girl following him around the club and was introducing her as his friend. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Cause, Cause they think that we'll never find out. And we always find out. Right. Imagine if I had shown up that night, like, just kidding. I feel great. Right. Like, who's this girl, you know? And she knew exactly who I was. Like, she watched us perform at a gig that I invited him to, like, that she was invited to from her friend. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, over that. <laughs> Moving on. I know. Well, so I guess then, again, I'm sorry that that happened to you because those are terrible situations. But you met him like in the music scene, right? In Philly. Yes. So yeah, Philly music. Is that I guess like is that more of a like is that kind of like is he like a good represent good in quotes representation of the type of guys that you get in that scene, or is he just kind of like an exception to the rule? Like how did that affect like your your dating and friendships like in the scene, like after that? I've definitely dated and met a lot of guys in the scene. And like, actually, it's really funny. The same exact specific music scene that I met him at, I had, I had been dating a different guy from that scene prior to him. And I, it ended so badly that I literally wrote a song called Gaslight. Oh my God. About the first guy. Oh my God. And then this second guy heard me performing it at the music festival where we all met. And he approached me and said, like, yo, that song slaps. I want to record it for you. I want to be your producer. And then he started this thing with me. And, like, he ended up being the biggest gaslighter of them all. Um, and I would say, yeah, this is somewhat indicative of guys, like, in the music scene, like, in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I would imagine it's even worse in L.A. <laughs> Probably. Um, but I think that this guy was like to the extreme. Like I've never in my 33 years had dealt with such a lying F boy. Like I don't think I've ever been lied to, to that extent, like that hard. Yeah. I mean, have you, I mean, I know you went on your date last night, but have you like dated since then? Like, have you, has your perception on dating like changed since I don't think it's, I, I still like, I still think I'm a little bit naive and a little too trusting when it comes to guys. And I'm not like letting him just be like the one who ruins it for me. Um, I've been on multiple dates since that. Good. Well, I did like, a yeah, I took like a couple weeks to, I had like a, like a rebound kind of hookup with somebody who, you know, has been in my roster for a few years um got that out of my system like went to Miami for a few days didn't hook up with anyone and then came back and like I don't know maybe the universe put out a message but I've had like a lot of guys from my various circles like hitting me up recently um and I've been just meeting different people but I've been I would say I've been dating two two guys somewhat regularly since that you know breakup I don't even know if I would call it a breakup. I don't even know what to call it. But I've been dating two guys kind of re regularly since then. And I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't know if I see it going like that far with either of them. Um, I, I've given them both an expiration date. Um, but we are having fun for now. Do they know they have an expiration date? Or is this, <laughs> this your own mental <laughs> expiration date? <laughs> well, the one 
So the one he, I met him a few weeks ago and he told me from the beginning, he was like, yo, November 12th, like I'm going for a three month Euro trip. And like, I may or may not come back to Philly. Like I may come back somewhere else, you know? Um, so when we started chatting and dating, I was like, listen, like the day that you leave, like, I'm not obviously going to hold on hope for you, but like maybe in three months when you come back, like we can reconvene and see where we're at. Um, and then the other guy, I mean, he's a little older than me. So actually kind of cute about these guys. I'm 33. The one who's leaving for a Euro trip soon is t- <laughs> 22. And the, uh, the other guy who's unaware yet of his, uh, expiration date is 44. Oh, opposite. Could be the other guy's father. <laughs> yeah. Opposite ends of the spectrum. I was going to say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he and I, like he, because he's so much older, like he's, he told me, he was like, yeah, I don't see myself wanting to have kids like at this age. Like, I feel like I don't want to be like the 60 year old dad, you know? I was like, yeah, I get that. Like, I'm still, I think I'm still young, kind of like I may, may still want to have kids. Um, like there's a lot that I want to do in my life that he doesn't really want to do. So I just think it'll be like a very natural thing for me to explain to him, like, Hey man, like we're going to have to end this soon. Yeah. Um, and, and actually I do have, I, I was planning on telling him the next time we hung out cause we have a weekly hangout to watch the white Lotus on HBO. Nice. And that's like our dinner and a, a show thing. And I think I'm just like going to let him know, like end of the season, it's part ways, you know, maybe we'll see each other around at the next party. Yeah. Isn't that interesting though, how um, we're at that age where we can date, guys like in their early 20s and then also men that could be their dad literally (laughs) yeah yeah it's just so crazy and I'm like honestly like you can tell like you can tell from talking to a person like oh this person has some years on me or like I have some years on this person yeah but um I feel like they're both you know mature in their own ways like I enjoy talking to both of them I feel like I can have a great conversation and like have a you know have a flowing conversation with both of them That's good. I feel like it's funny because when I first graduated college, like I feel like I always went for older guys. Like, so I was like 22 dating guys, like mid to late twenties, sometimes even in their forties. And that's just always what I was attracted to. But as of this year, I feel like, well, actually, I guess my ex-boyfriend was younger than me a couple of years younger, but Mm -hmm. as of this year, it's been all like mid twenties, like out of nowhere. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, I've like, I'm, I'm like, I've gone to this point now. I'm like, I, people, you know, people should see that I'm in my thirties. Like I don't look like a child, but like, I'm always so surprised every time I go out and a guy in his young twenties approaches me and I'm just like, okay, okay. I mean, I'll take it. I mean, I think you look like, like young, like I would say, like, I wouldn't automatically look at you and think that you're in your thirties. Um, personally but but yeah i i've had the same thing but i've had guys like literally think that i'm like 22 23 4 or 5 and i think that's part of it is like they'll be like oh yeah like where do you go to co- like you just graduated college right college? and i was yeah. and i'm like yeah. dude i've been out of college for like 10 years and some of them will like actually shit their pants and stutter and walk away from me because they oh. genuinely didn't know and the other half are like Oh, it's kind of hot. Like, I feel like it's kind of like, it's, it's almost like a, and this, this is the positive and negative where I feel like it's kind of like a game for them. Like it's more of a chase to like, Mm -hmm. try to get an older 
more mature woman, which right. it has its pros and cons because there's been times where I've been with younger guys and it's been like super fun because I do feel like they're more eager and a lot of times they're not as jaded because they haven't been through a lot of um, mm-hmm. romantic relationships. But then I feel like on the the con that I've experienced too is like once they get through the chase, they're still in like their kind of like fuckboy era where they're like, all right, I'm over yeah. it. And I'll ha- like when that happens, I feel like I'll get to the point where I'm like, oh, I could be kind of into this person, even though he's younger, because he's like really fun. Mm-hmm. And like, I need to like be less serious and more fun. And then we're no longer on the same page. So it's kind of that's been my experience with the younger guys, at least. Yeah, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, the F boy from earlier in the summer is 29, which honestly, 29 doesn't seem like that that young. But it was definitely something that came up to me where I was like, okay, well, when I was like in high school, like you were still like in elementary school. So I guess that's a thing. Wait, high school and elementary school? He was 29? 29? I'm 33. He's 29, right? Yeah, yeah. that's like four. four so, five he, so he would have been like in middle school, like eighth grade, elementary school. Maybe. <laughs> He, I mean, he would have been like eighth grade when I was like a freshman in, in college. Okay. Yeah, okay. maybe. I mean, yeah, but I get it. Like I was trying to give him that as an excuse, like of why he's acting that way. No. But that's well, I mean, honestly, like I, in, in general, I think it's easy to scapegoat age, but at the end of the day, I think yeah. it varies by person. Like I do have friends that are pushing 40 that act like they are 22 and I know some 23 24 year olds that are the most like mature kind people mm-hmm. that I've ever met and it's like I feel like you can't really base it but right it, it really does depend on the per- person but sometimes they do fill into the stereotype <laughs> I know some 40 something year olds that are like less mature like than the 22 year old that I've been dating yeah so yeah um I, d- I do want to make the comment though about the younger guys like one like compliment I need to give to the younger guys is just, you know, like there's, there's stamina, their libido. Like sometimes when you start dating guys who are a little bit older, like they're like, you know, they're like less excited or like they're like reboot time, like takes like a lot longer. Yeah. And, or sometimes it's just like, they get a little too excited and it's just like, dude, like you're supposed to be experienced. Right. Yeah, I know. And I feel like our sex drives get higher as we get older. Right. Now we're in our 30s. I'm like, yo, like, my prime time. I have to give props to uh, Angelina from the Jersey Shore. I don't know if uh, you keep up with reality TV, but Jersey Shore, like, made a reboot. Like, all the characters, like, currently were we're, like, all the same age. And, like, Angelina's, like, on there, the only one who's single, just got a divorce. And she's like, I'm in my 30s. Like, she's like, I have a WAP. All the boys love my WAP. And I'm like, yeah, like, girl, I'm right there with you. Like, we're in our 30s. We're in our sexual prime. Like, these, like, older guys need to, like, get with it. Yeah. It's definitely hard to find, especially in L.A. Um, I feel like Philly's more of a hookup culture from my experience. (laughs) And it's not so much like that out here. So are people really looking for relationships in L.A.? Yes and no. And I've heard, I've heard some of my friends have had different experiences than me, but I feel like it's more of like, not even relationships with like flings. Like it's like, Mm. it's like, I feel like it's hard to even just have like a, a one night stand. And that's, and I'm not saying like, 
I necessarily want one night stands all the time, but it's it's just like different. Like in Philly, you could go to a bar and meet a guy and go home with him and it wasn't that hard. Whereas here it's almost like jumping through hoops and um and they're also not like trying. Like it's it's mostly like, oh, let me get your number, let me get your gram, then maybe I'll text you, mm-hmm. then maybe we'll meet up, then maybe we'll hook up, and then maybe we'll do it again, but probably not not so it's it's like extra steps to like get to that point so it's yeah but then but then it's hard because you get like more invested because it's not just like a hit it and quit it it's like it takes more to get to that point which I'm not always into like I just kind of am like do we really need to do all this (laughs) like it feels like when you're like working so many steps to get there like are you even really getting to know each other in the process or is it just like bullshit you know back and forth like pen pal stuff well that's what's hard is like I feel like it depends on the guy and a lot of times you never know what their intentions are or if they actually like you um or if they change their mind so a lot of times like you'll be talking to a guy and they'll be asking questions to get to know you but then as soon as they get laid they're gone or they're like they're not putting as much effort in and then you're like invested because you thought they were trying to get to know you, but it was just like them going through motions to get laid. Whereas like for me, I'm like, I'd rather just go home with you and get laid. And like, you didn't need to take me out to dinner. Like, you know, um, so that's, I feel like that's just been my experience here. Um, which I don't really like, um, cause I think it's kind of fake and that's not everyone. Like not all guys are like that. I also think sometimes like a guy might think he likes you. And then like, obviously people change their minds, but then guys not all guys but most are not good communicators they're not going to tell you that um so no I was just going to say I will say like I I am noticing a little bit more um both in person and on the apps um when you when I'm talking to a guy I am appreciating at the very least how a lot of guys that I'm noticing are now coming straight straight out and saying like I'm not looking for a relationship like I'm just looking for something casual, like a, you know, a hookup or, you know, maybe a couple times hookup, but like, you know, I don't want to get too far with it. Like I appreciate that. And I like, I think that that's like the good way to go about it. Yeah. Honestly, I used to hate the question. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Ah, it's, that's interesting. I know. I actually used to hate that question because I was just telling my friend the other day, like, I am not really looking for anything. I think that your relationship in quotes with every person is different. So you might be with someone and want something casual to, you might want like a hookup. And I think to your point, you just need to be open and communicate that. And that's like where the problems lie. But I, I have found myself asking it more recently because of all the bullshit games that people play and I, Mm -hmm. and I genuinely can't figure it out. And so then I just get to the point where I'm like, I can't tell what you want. So you need to tell me what you want. (laughs) Cause I'm like, you're asking me on dates, but then you don't like talk to me for three days. So do you want something casual or do you want to date me? Because if you want something casual, I'm cool with casual, but then I will only text you at 2am. Do you want to date? Because if you want to date, I'll put in more effort to text you during the week. And then I'll know that this is your texting style but you're giving me a little bit of both. So like, what do you want? Right. Those are the times. Right. Yeah. I, I used to get so annoyed when guys would ask me that. Cause I immediately thought, well, he's just looking for a hookup. Well, that's the only reason he's asking me that. Yeah. 
Like, if, you know what I mean? Like if he was looking for something serious, he would be asking me like, Hey, do you want to grab coffee so that we can get to know each other and see if we want to continue? Not like, what are you looking for? So yeah, I, I would get pretty upset with that. Um, I've, I've also changed my status cause it used to say like, like I just checked all of them because I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, then I'd start to get like some really weird stuff, like couples, like, oh, me and my girlfriend are looking for a third or like, oh, I'm looking to hook up with someone. I'm in an open relationship. And it's, you know, does your girlfriend know you're on here? Like, I'm not trying to deal with that right now. Or like, hey, are you into BDSM? Well, you know, I'm a dom. <laughs> like, sometimes it just goes straight to that. And I'm like, I appreciate that you're saying this up front and like, thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah, I'd rather people just get to the point with that type of stuff um, than waste my time with that, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I do feel like in a lot of the different scenes that I'm in, like the music scene, the, you know, yoga, acro yoga scene, like the burner scene. Um, a lot of people, like more and more people that I meet are like polyamorous or, you know, are in open relationships or like interested in dating multiple people. Um, so I'm like, you know, as I'm navigating through these different groups and through these different scenes, like I'm learning a lot more about, you know, that like open dating culture. Um, and like, I think it's giving me like a lesson in how to be more honest with the guys that I'm dating. Interesting. You say that because I actually just, um, interviewed my friend, Matt, um, he's in the open, open relating community. Um, he, he's trying to stray away from polyamory because he thinks people sometimes will use it that in the wrong way as like a term to just like fuck around is like what he's been finding. Mm -hmm. But he did this like uh he did the same thing where he was like at the end of the day that type of or that community has all the same like values as like a monog like monogamous relationship about being open and honest and like dealing with jealousy it's just like using it kind of in that way versus monogamous way if that makes sense but you kind of have to be if that's what you're doing like be open and honest and communicative or it won't work <laughs> Right. Exactly. And I, yeah, I mean, everybody wants something different. I think for me, like I've been in situations with people who are open or poly, but it was only because like in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, this isn't a person that I would like want to marry and like, you know, take home to my parents. So like, sure. Like I'm open to having this kind of relationship, but you know, like ultimately at the end of the day, that's not maybe necessarily what I would, would be looking for, you know, for like a final situation. And I know you mentioned some of the different groups that you're in. Um, I know you're also in the Jewish community in Philly. So how, yeah, how, do, um, how has your experience been dating in those different communities? Um, do you find that there's like a lot of overlap? Do you find that you're kind of like running into people a lot like um, with dating just because Philly is like a smaller city? Like what's your experience like that been like I know you mentioned even earlier you had two guys show up at the same park party so I thought that was pretty classic uh yeah there was definitely a few guys at that park party who I was trying to navigate so as to not see each other <laughs> but yeah I I find that like so there are certain communities that I definitely see some overlap 
Um, like the burner community kind of overlaps with like the music and the DJ communities that I'm a part of. Cause it all kind of goes together. Like I do acro yoga. There's a lot of acro yoga that happens in the burning community and vice versa. So like there's some overlap there. Um, I am a part of the Jewish community. I don't really see a ton of overlap with like the Jewish community as everything else. But then I'm also like, let's call it the, the weed community, the pot community. Um, I feel like when you smoke weed, it's kind of nice to date other people who also smoke weed. Like I've met a lot of guys who I, you know, I'll tell them, you know, I enjoy smoking weed and they're like, Oh, I don't smoke. You know, I just drink beer. And then there's kind of like, we kind of have this like weird, like impasse where it's like, Oh, all right. See you later. You know, we're not, we don't like the same thing, but with like the weed thing, like there's definitely like, you know, in the burner community, a lot of that. And then like in the Jewish community, it's like the Jewish guys who smoke weed and the Jewish guys who don't smoke weed. And so there already is a divide, like the ones who are a little bit more clean cut per se, like they they may, they may not be interested in dating me, you know, because I'm not like this, you know, prim and proper, like I can be like, I clean up pretty nice, but you know, you'll find me at the weed event smoking a J with the weed smoking boys in the back alley. <laughs> Um, so there's an, that's one of the things. And then within the Jewish community, I, one thing that I've noticed in Philly, and I, I would imagine it's like this in the other Jewish communities is like, just like in Judaism, in any religion, really, like you have like your sects of like, you know, not that religious, like kind of religious, like ultra religious, like how like religious are they? You know, and like some of these Jewish events, like Jewish singles events or, you know, parties or whatever that they have, they, they don't, they don't say like, oh, this is for the non-religious or this is for the religious. So like everybody kind of shows up um, and it's kind of like up to you to figure out what everybody is. But like, I've definitely gotten a few guys numbers from these events or like gone on a few dates with like these guys where I thought we were kind of on the same page. And I, and I come to find out later, like, oh, like this guy grew up in a religious household. Like he keeps Shabbat, which means like from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, like he's not, his phone is off. He's not using electricity. Like he's not calling me. He's not driving. He's not taking public transportation. Like we're on a, we're on a, we're on a different world from each other, like for a whole 24 hours. And then like, he's, you know, keeping kosher. And so like, he can't eat food in my kitchen because like I bought frozen shrimp. So yeah. And it's like almost like a weird, like cultural thing. Like you think, oh, we're both Jewish. Like we're totally the same. Like we have a lot to talk about. Um, but when you come to find out like me, I'm not a super religious person. And then I go on a date with a guy, find out he's kind of religious. It, it just gets a little weird. At least in my, like for me, it gets a little weird. Like, and I would imagine, you know, for, for any religion, it's like, if I, like, if, you know, somebody's Christian and they grew up, you know, celebrating Christmas and that was the extent. And then they go on a date with someone who's like, well, I go to church every Sunday. And if we're going to be together, we need to go to church together. By the way, I did have a Christian guy who I was dating tell me that, um, oh, wow. which why we broke up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just like weird. Like I, I didn't, I like, I was like, oh, it's nice to like, it would be nice to meet a Jewish guy, but I never really thought it through. Like, oh, well maybe 
like maybe I wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't make sense for me to date like some of these Jewish guys just because of like their upbringing is so different. Um, I, I had a guy once come over and ask, I made a comment that I'm a singer. He's like, Oh, who's your favorite like artist? And I was like, Whitney Houston is like one of my biggest like influences. And he was like, who's that? Oh, wow. Wow. Like I, when I tell you that they're brought up differently, like they're sh- like, it's, they're not allowed to listen to like the radio or like watch like the same TV programs or like, it's like they have their own singers that they listen to and they're not female because in, when you're that religious, like you cannot listen to a woman sing. That's like against their, you know, their beliefs um, because it's a, apparently singing is very sexual. So, Oh, wow. I they, see. They might attack. Yeah. So <laughs> when I like, when I find out like somebody's brought up religious, I'm like, okay, well they don't know Whitney Houston. Like they don't, they don't know music. Like they, they're probably can't hear me sing. Like, it's just a a totally weird, like different. I I don't want to say weird. It's just a different culture. It's just, you know, I'm not used to that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm used to going to a festival and, you know, wearing bikini and not thinking anything of it. So that, so it's not necessarily something that needs to be checked off that you marry a Jewish man specifically. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely be easier. Um, Like, I think, you know, it would be preferred. But like, I think for me, I, I, I would rather meet somebody who's kind of like non-religious or, Mm -hmm. you know, just like not a religious fanatic. Like I, my ex, you know, bless his heart. He grew up in um, the South where everything was very Christian and they had like those mega churches and they just like shoved it down your throat. And when we started dating and I like brought him to a couple Jewish events just for fun, like, hey, check it out. This is what I do. And like by the end of our relationship, he was like, I want to convert. Like, I want to be Jewish with you. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. And I thought, I was like, well, that's really cute. Like, you, you know, you don't have to do that. Like, and I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it was, yeah, like, I felt like that kind of thing was cool. Like, his family didn't really care one way or the other, like, you know, what he was doing as far as religion goes. And, you know, he didn't really get in my way. He wasn't telling me, like, oh, you have to go to church with me on Sundays. Right. Um you know, he was just kind of like letting me do my thing. So yeah, yeah. As long as I'm with a guy who, you know, can respect what I'm doing, you know, respect my boundaries, like don't force me to, you know, go into some other set of beliefs, you know, just cause that's what your mom did to you. But like, you know, if they're, if they're cool with like my religion, I'm I'm not trying to force it on them. If we were to have kids, I might force it on the children. Um, but as long as they're like cool with that and they don't want to, you know, push anything on me, then I, I don't think religion's like a big thing. Got it. Yeah. And I asked just because I know it is important for some people um, in the Jewish community or even regard like in any religion, to be honest. But um, it is. I mean, you, you ha- like I, I was I was telling a friend of mine from my last company that I worked at. She's a few years younger than me and she grew up in a Christian household. And she was baptized as a kid. And I said to her, I was like, well, when you have kids of your own, do you want them to get baptized? And she says, yeah, of course I want them to get baptized. And she started dating a guy whose parents are Muslim. And I was like, well, this guy's Muslim. Do you think his mom's going to want her grandkids baptized? Like, you have to think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Like these are the conversations you need to have. Yeah. So it is like she and the guy, they really like each other. And like, neither of them really cares that much one way or the other about their religion. But like, you kind of, at the end of the day, like, she's like, well, I do want to get my kids baptized. And, you know, and he's like, well, I want to respect my parents' wishes. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like it it matters to an extent. Right. And it really depends. There has to be like one person who's like willing to give up a little bit of something on their end. Right. No, that's true. Um, and it's kind of interesting too. So my old, uh, old roommate in Philly was, uh, or is Jewish. And, um, she, like, she wanted to date and marry someone Jewish. Like she was on like coffee meets bagel. She, you know, J swipe was very like particular, but when I first moved in with her, you know, she was, um, less conservative as far as like, she would go out in belly shirts. She was like dancing, like drinking, but she also kept kosher. Like I, she didn't really like, I had like pork in the house, like, you know, things like that practice Shabbat, which again, like, I don't care. Like that's like, I'm not Jewish, but I respect like what she wanted to do while I lived with her. She, um, became Orthodox Jewish. Mm -hmm. Like she just, like she took, um, some trips to Israel and just had Mm -hmm. some experiences there that she wanted to change her mind. Totally fine. But like, it was just like, so, um, crazy to see, to see and live, uh, with someone going through that transformation. Cause like I was basically living with someone that I could go out with like almost every weekend crop tops, you know, still like trying to find a guy that was quotes Jewish enough for her. And then all of a sudden it was like full conservative outfits, like nothing, no skin showing Shabbat um, every single weekend. If it was at our house, like she would tape up all the lights so I wouldn't accidentally turn something off, Um, you know, like very, very strict on like everything Um, ended up getting married through a matchmaker to another. That's That's the only thing you can do. And I bet you the person who they matched her up with also became orthodox later in his years. Yeah, I'm I'm not totally sure, but um I mean he was he was cute, like went to their wedding on a, su- a Sunday afternoon. Um okay. you know, like she's had kids pretty shortly after and um they seem to still be happy together. So um but yeah, that was like always regardless of where she was in that point, like was always something like super important. Um and I feel like in Philly there was like a pretty, at least I have like a lot of Jewish friends in Philly, but there seemed to be like a prominent enough scene that she was always like dating and like meeting guys. Um, but yeah, then that happened. And <laughs> when you saw how she got, I mean, if I was to date a guy who was Orthodox, I would need to go be like her. Yeah. Right. I'd have to like cover my hair, cover my shoulders. You know, I'd have to stop singing. Like, yeah that's not, I don't want to do that. So right. already that eliminates some of the the Jewish guys in the dating pool for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, here it's, there are a lot of Jewish guys. I'm on J swipe. I've already swiped through all the guys. <laughs> no. so, I mean, I have to go on like once every couple of months and see if any like new Jewish Philly guys joined J swipe and then swipe through them. And like you get, you get a match. Right. But then it's like, nobody talks to you and then yeah. it lets you t- like, days you're allowed to have a conversation and then it kind of goes away and yeah like j swipe is not any uh better than like hinge or bumble when it comes to like that response rate yeah um as a matter of fact i feel like there's so many like 
gorgeous Jewish girls out there and these like totally like dweeby, like nerdy Jewish guys that it's like, of course they're on there like looking for the hottest girls. And I'm like, what am I like a seven? I don't know. I'm not a 10, not a 10. I might be a seven. So I'm not like getting the best Jewish matches. Um, And you go to these Jewish events and you do kind of start to see the same people over and over again. Yeah. But I keep going because maybe you you never know. Someone new might show up. <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> I was gonna, might meet my next husband. Well, I was going to ask why why you only go on the dating app dates once a quarter. Is it just because that's when you like? Are you on them consistently, or are you kind of on and off, or like? They are so frustrating. Yeah, I hate them. <laughs> um, I'm on and off. I'm not on them consistently, and like honestly, I feel like I, I like for instance, there was a Jewish event. Um, literally two days after I had that F boy breakup. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm getting back up on on that horse. Like I'm not letting this guy like ruin my week. Like I'm going to go to this Jewish event. And I went and I got three different guys numbers. Wow. Um, or they got mine, whatever. Um, they weren't like the, a. they weren't like the a team, you know, (laughs) there was, I wouldn't say there was an a team at the party. I mean, like we had like a, you know, a B team and maybe two C teams. Um, but I was like, fine, I'll give you my number. You never know what can come out of it. And like, I, you know, those, those three kept me busy and, you know, I, I was uh, invited to play a gig like at this, you know, farm party in New Jersey, you know, uh, saw a guy there, got a couple numbers, like a couple guys asked me out at this party. Like, so I've been just meeting these guys in person that it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing all these guys in person. I don't have the time to be swiping and swiping and chatting and whatever. Um, but I was, you know, trying to like go through all my options. So I definitely went to the Jewish party, but also was swiping on the apps within the same week. And that's kind of where I netted out with like these three Jewish guys, this one guy from the party. And uh, the guy from Bumble who complained about the $70 check. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, it, you know, I, I've had a couple of other guys who like, let's call them friends who I've known who've been hitting me up. So I've been just kind of busy. Like I've had a few Bumbles um, try to make a date with me that I'm just like, hey, like, give me a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a good problem to have. I have, I'm like what they call single single where I literally have (laughs) no options at all so I'm jealous that or happy that things are working out for you I mean again it's 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 all about the quality not you know not the quantity (laughs) yeah I I don't have either (laughs) so now I'm with the B team (laughs) yeah um I have no team and if I did it would be like a C or D team probably (laughs) it's all good though this is this is making me not want to come to LA. Like I don't want to live in LA for that reason. So it just depends how how you look at it, right? So like I I feel like my just like my priorities and my goals have changed um since I moved here once I understood how things work and that's just because I'm not necessarily a relationship person and that doesn't mean I don't want a relationship one day and that I don't think I'm capable of having a good healthy one uh, because I I think that I am it's just that that it's not like 
a top priority for me isn't dating and like searching for one. So like I would much rather like I spent like all summer traveling and like going to music for like I'm like you like the music festivals, like going to shows. Um you meet guys at festivals and traveling and stuff. Like um I I myself got got a festival boyfriend last year. Um I told him, you know, you're my festival boyfriend. We have three months, three festivals, you're out after that. Oh. Uh so it 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 just it's hit or miss. So like I I met um I met some guys like traveling this summer, but, and I I don't know if it's like, because we were coming out of COVID, but I just felt like they wanted more from me than like what it was. Like they were acting kind of like, like they, and again, I'm not a big dater. Right. So they were like trying to take Mm -hmm. me on like dates and I'm like, I'm on vacation, like in, like in Asia, I don't. And with my friends, like, I don't want to go spend one of my nights, like on a Mm -hmm. date with you at, at a, cocktail bar you know or they would like get pissy if I was like with my friends and not them and I'm like again I just met you and I'm like on vacation in Asia (laughs) like so I would definitely like meet guys but I think they were actually trying to have like a fling whereas I was like not looking like we just I don't know it was like kind of weird like I've never I've had I've never really experienced that um so I was getting yeah. a lot of that while traveling and it was normally guys just getting pissed off at me because uh, I wasn't acting like their girlfriend because I was on vacation. Um, and then for music festivals, um, I was de- it, every festival is so different, dude. Like I definitely met a bunch of guys at festivals, but like some festivals, it was just them trying to like make out with you and then they would like run yep. away. Um, and then I went to <laughs> one festival. Um, uh, recently where I was actually like getting asked out on like dates again, like they wanted to take me on dates, but I like didn't live there. So I'd be like, I don't live here. And then they'd be like, well, I still want to see you, but then they'd get my number and then not text me because I think they put together that like, I didn't live there and that we weren't going to date. So again, like I just had, I just keep having these like weird experiences like that. Um, Again, I I haven't, I don't know if it's a West Coast thing. I don't know if it's because we're coming out of COVID and people like don't really know what they want or they're looking for that intimacy void. Um, But it's been, it's been like a lot of that. Um, And I haven't really been in LA. Um, When I've been here, I've been going to shows or I've stayed in just because I've been tired from traveling. So the next few months are going to be the first time that I'm going to be like actually going out. So um, Yeah. yeah, we'll see how see how that goes I guess but yeah I just haven't been prioritizing it because like I work I I, like see my friends I'm not in town I'm like doing my hobbies and like the last thing I want to do is give someone that treats me like shit my energy so yeah 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 it's rough I know I have I know I'm trying to my friends are trying to push me to date more though because uh they think if I put myself out there more the universe will return the favor so I'm trying to shift my mindset I I haven't like yeah it will I mm-hmm. I was just I just had dinner with a friend of mine the one who drinks alcohol um and uh he was he, he was making a comment because I was like kind of telling him about like this party over the weekend that I was like swerving this guy for that guy for the other guy and like Halloween night the same thing and he was like he was like, sometimes I feel like with you, like when it rains, it pours and you like are like nonstop. And then when you don't have someone, it's like 
the driest season ever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's very extreme like that. Yeah, I feel I feel the same. Like um even over the summer, like I I got back on the apps briefly when I broke my arm actually because I was just sitting at home and had nothing to do and yeah. I was asked out by like so many guys, but I wasn't I was traveling. So I was like I mm-hmm. don't like I'm like I'm here for like a day and then I'm going to be gone for a month. So like it makes no sense and I also don't want to have to pick out of like the 15 dudes on Hinge asking me on a date. So then I just ghosted all of them because I was like, oh, I'll text you when I get back. And then I just like never really stopped traveling. <laughs> so it just, yeah. Anyways, I feel you on that. So my last question for you is I know you've been talking in and out um, or I know you've been talking about the music scene in Philly. I actually, so I feel like I wasn't like super into the scene aside from going to shows and I was kind of getting into like the underground rave type of scene like right before I was moving like some of the warehouse parties you mentioned um I don't know if it's because I'm in LA now I always, I kind of feel like other places are better and the part of why I moved was to like get into a better music scene but like I want to hear your your take on that because I know you said you thought it was pretty good that's my final question for you yeah like I think it's it took me a while to figure out what I liked in the Philly music scene. Like coming out of college, it was like, you'd go to the bars, like, you know, the bar circuit and you'd have like your top 40 nights and your hip hop nights. And like, you're like drunk 20 something year old boys who would come up and start grinding on you without your consent. And, uh, you know, I was like, there has to be like more than this. And that's when I started looking into you know, all let's call it alternative music, like alternative from the top 40, like mm-hmm. your house music or techno music, you know, the stuff that you're not necessarily hearing on the radio. Um, and once I started like finding that music, I started like finding out more and more venues and you do, you do start to see a lot of the same people, which I know maybe, a you know, not a bonus for you because you, you're trying to go out and meet other people people who you had never seen before. Um, I, I feel like when I go to these parties or when I go to see these DJs or whatever, like 30% of the people in the room are people that I've seen at previous events. And it makes me feel safe. Like, Oh, like this is a community. Like I know some people in here, like, you know, my purse isn't going to get stolen. Yeah. Um, and then like 70% people who I've never seen before. And so, and I feel like I do, I continue to see like a lot of new people, but then I also continue to see a lot of people that I know. And I think that that kind of helps like cultivate relationships and like a community, um, which some people are like, you know, I don't want to date multiple guys within the same community because then my business is out there and they know, you know, what's going on and they know who I dated and this and that. But I think what I've noticed in the Philly music scene, I think we all kind of embrace that. Like I I have like five different guys in the burner community who are all in a camp together who have all been like my lover at some point. And oh, like, we're okay. all like really cool about it. And like the, the one I was seeing the one guy and then the other guy started dating me and hit up the other guy. Like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, I'm going to ask Michelle out. Like, how do you feel about that? And the other guy's like, yo, like, that's totally cool, man. Like we're like keeping it casual. Like, she's great girl. You should go for it. And like, this is like the conversations that we'll have, like, you know, among the Philly, the Philly music scene. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I like it. I feel like 
Like I, like I said, I feel, it feels safe to me. Like I feel like I can go to like a party and like put my jacket down and like, I won't fear that like a stranger is going to like take my jacket home, which will happen at like your typical, you know, bar yeah. with like a top 40. Yeah, no, I think that's a good perspective and not something I was thinking about, to be honest, because I was just more so thinking about like volume of events, types of events, like opportunities, um, because I, I think like there's um, there is there's a group called PEX, the Philadelphia Experiment. And like I like I, I know like you or at least I've seen you at those events um, and those are pretty cool and unique to Philly, obviously. Um, and there was like I said before, like there was like some events at like churches that I would go to and warehouse on Watts, like you mentioned. But um, I, I feel like there was just like a few of those here and there, at least again, that I was going to, and like, I wasn't in that scene until the end. They're popping up a little bit more, a couple more here and there. Yeah. There's this one spot. It's like a cafe in the morning. It's like a bar at night. It's a restaurant all day long. And then it turns into a club on the weekends. Front Street Cafe. I was, say, I was about to ask if it was Front Street. Yeah. Okay. I literally just came from there. Like okay. I just had dinner there. Um, I like live there, you know, basically once once a month. But um, they, I mean, I, I, you're right. Like if, like if I was a person that was like, I only like side trance. Like I only want to go to side trance events. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I might not find a side trance event every weekend right. here in Philly. Right. Right. But if I'm like, you know, I just want to go to an event with like good house music, like I'll find that. Yeah. And it may not be just the liaison room. Like there might be like a, a couple places in the area. Yeah. No, that's fair. And I mean, like realistically, am I at those events in LA all the time? No, like I'm still at bars. And I think it's more so like knowing that they're available and being around the volume of community of people and like different types of music, because to your point, like, I feel like I kind of was getting into alternative music, as you say, like as I was leaving and then I moved here, but, and then started meeting like musicians and DJs or people that just liked different types of music. And now I've been exposed to so much more that like my entire taste and like the people I hang out with has like changed in a good way, <laughs> which yeah. I just like wasn't. And part of that's not my fault um, for not exploring it more. But I also just think it's because of like exposure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if I maybe if I was exposed to it and like tried it out more. So for people listening that are in Philly and want to explore things that aren't the bars, maybe open your yeah. horizons because <laughs> I wish I did. Once the I don't know if you've ever been to a party at the Rock Garden. No the so anybody who who's listening who's from philly who doesn't know about the glendening rock garden needs to look it up anytime there's like good weather doesn't matter the day the week whatever there's a good weather weekend there's some dj collective setting up and throwing a day party there um and like they had a day party just this past saturday that i that i was at kind of by myself but not really um (laughs) and i very surprised. I was like, I started seeing people there who I've never seen before. Like it was a tons of people came from every neck of the woods, like from all over Philly. Um, the, the park got crowded and I was like, wow, like this is amazing. Like more and more people are starting to come into this music scene and like starting to find out about, um, these like alternative kinds of events. Yeah. 
That's really cool. I also think the music landscape is like changing in general. Um, yeah, that's a whole nother topic though. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm glad things are not just pop anymore. <laughs> Definitely. Um, cool. Well, I know we covered a lot today. Um, we got some stories off the bat, um, which again, I'm really sorry for. Um, and then, yeah, learned a lot about the music scene, Jewish community, and just like Michelle's experience dating. So thank you, Michelle, for joining me this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, appreciate it. This was really fun. Yeah, I'm glad we got to catch up.